This is the November 3rd edition of the Relevant Podcast. See, I got another new new introduction there. That's right. That's nice. That was exciting. I'm, I'm, I'm testing it out. Uh, the Relevant Podcast is the audio companion to Relevant Magazine and RelevantMagazine.com and Relevant TV. I don't know. Basically everything but Radiant. This is not the podcast for Radiant. That's right. right. That's separate. I'm Cameron Strang and here with me is the Relevant Editorial Crew. Editorial Director Kara Davis. Hello. Managing Editor Adam Smith. Hi. And Web Content Producer Jesse Carey. Greetings. All right. Well, coming up later in the podcast is the debut contestant version of the highly acclaimed, critically acclaimed Versus. Look out. That's right. You know, I just want to clarify something real quick. Uh, we got a lot of people writing in wanting to be contestants for Versus, and the name is actually the word meaning competition. Mm-hmm. One person's versus another. Mm-hmm. And for everybody who wrote in and said they wanted to participate, now let me say excitedly wrote in and saying they wanted to participate in V-E-R-S-E-S, they're automatically disqualified. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've lost before you've even started. Let, you know, I'll just do a, a public service announcement. People, the comp- competition versus is V-E-R-S-U-S. Yeah. Or V-S period, if you just don't, if, if you're not sure. If, if, you, if you're a law school student. If you have gotten that far in life, then you're not ready. Yeah, you're not going to win. I mean, it's just like <laughs> saying, I will lose, put me on the air. And I, 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 we we're don't want to do that to yeah, somebody. We're not going to publicly humiliate you yeah i that, mean we'll publicly humiliate other people but we feel like but it, not poor spellers yeah, yeah it'd it, just be unfair stay tuned later in the podcast i'll just go ahead and read everybody's name who misspelled verses <laughs> yeah. so so you can reach out to them and we'll and, give you their phone number so you can call and heckle them <laughs> along with us all right so entertainment releases coming out in theaters tonight november 3rd we have the santa claus 3 the escape clause Finally, with two of the most washed-up actors in Hollywood, Tim <laughs> Allen and Martin Short. Um, I guarantee you, Tim Allen got you know more than ten million dollars for this movie. That doesn't that doesn't make the fact that he is incredibly lame any different. However, <laughs> however, you know, I got an email this week from somebody who wrote and was like, "Why do you why do you guys have to be so negative about people?" Like, like you know, like saying like, "Oh, Nicholas Cage, he's such a loser." So if he's Aww. in that movie, I'm not going to see it. You know, somebody well, was really hurt by here, comments. Here's like the yours, thing: Jesse. Hey, was it Nicholas Cage? <laughs> who <wrote> it? <laughs> here's the thing: we're the gatekeepers. You know, I mean, we if we got to let people know Tim Allen is not cool. Yeah, or we're else, just trying to help. Or the, confused. Yeah, or, we're or just else they help. might get suckered into going to spend eight bucks to see the, the escape clause. But but this is this could be fun, wholesome time with the whole family. What if what if some of our listeners had small kids? You know, well, you don't want to taint it loss. for them. <laughs> it's their loss because they have small kids. I wouldn't <laughs> expose my children to Tim Allen. You know, when I was a kid, we had I wouldn't awesome expose Tim Allen so. to my children. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, we had awesome movies like The Goonies. Like, mm-hmm. why yeah. don't you take your kids to see the or the Sandlot, not the Escape Clause. Also coming out, Flushed Away, starring a bunch of pixels, voiced by Hugh Jackman, Kate Winslet, Ian McKellen, and others. They're saying that one's not bad. Hmm. And 
Borat, Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. It's nice. That is going to be amazing. <laughs> I cannot wait. Well, there's a lot of people who've seen it on our message boards that saw previews or whatever, and, and, and they basically say it's hilarious and genius if you don't get offended by things. Yeah. So it, if you can <clears throat> pause your moral, <laughs> your moral, what is that? You know, barometer. Barometer. Then, then, then you could see Borat and, and appreciate it is what they said. Well, here, here's the thing about Borat. A lot of people are really upset. Like, there's been lawsuits by anti-defamation leagues. Um, all, all, all Just like Tim Allen <laughs> is very upset about your comments about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure. And I'm, I'm sure, sure there'll be Tim lawsuits. I'm sure I'll be getting anti-defamation league will probably be sending us something. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he... He's incited all this, uh, you know, international rage. Even even the nation of Kazakhstan tried to sue him. I, I heard that actually this week Germany. Sued yeah, him. I, I have a story here. I was going to, since we're on on the topic here, um, Germany has very strict anti defamation laws, and Borat says that his character, who is supposedly a, a journalist from Kazakhstan, is a former gypsy catcher. That's his occupation. And <laughs> but any any people group <laughs> any people group that were targeted by Nazi Germany is very protected in German law and they say that's a violation. You can't say you're a former gypsy catcher. And says that he So they, they overlooked everything else in the movie. <laughs> yeah. One line. Well was too much for well, the Germans. Well the thing is the thing the thing that really is funny and a lot of people are saying because he he went to a, a bar one time, like in, in in Texas or something, and got on stage in character as Borat and started singing an anti-Semitic song and, and got the whole bar singing along with him. Just horrible lyrics. But the actor that portrays him, Sasha Baron Cohen, is Jewish. Right. And so he is exposing people's ignorance. Like He's exposing himself to people? <laughs> like Tim Allen. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you're right. It's satire. You know, yeah. he's bringing out he, and poking fun at cultural biases and prejudices. Yeah. He isn't espousing them. Yeah. He's, he's helping fun at them. He's helping Christians pause the moral barometer for no, two what, and a half I mean, but but yeah. his he, what he's doing as a comedian is he's saying, "Look how absurd I look as a racist, as someone who uh, belittles Catches women." Gypsies. Yeah, look how he looks like his character is the biggest buffoon in the world. And we're, it's supposed to be like, yeah, all that stuff is ridiculous. Like, how can people actually think those things? I heard there's male nudity also in it, so I just want to warn the listeners. Yeah. I, yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it is very, uh, he crosses the line in every way possible. Well, why you have to pause your moral barometer yeah. to enjoy the movie. But I heard, I heard one, I was reading reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and some critics said it was the funniest movie they've ever seen. You can watch the first four minutes in their entirety online now at the website and it's easily the funniest four minutes of anything i've ever seen because if anyone's not familiar with was the movie, real nudity um yes <laughs> behind did you behindle for four minutes did you pause your moral barometer um behind nudity um it doesn't really cause me to stumble you know, male behind nudity. All right. Well, so that's enough time saying the words behind I think. But for people that don't know, the movie there's only one actual actor in the movie, and that's Sasha Baron Cohen playing Borat. Everyone else is being is like caught on candid camera with this guy. They apparently the way they did it to make it real. 
or, or like get real reactions was the producers, you know, obviously there's a big film crew there. The producers kind of swooped in first to the person and said, we're doing this, you know, documentary, he signed this waiver. And so before it was filmed, before Sasha said a word or came up to him, they had signed the waiver. So yeah. the reactions really were real because apparently a lot of the stuff you're going, how, if that was real, how in the world would somebody sign off on them, you know, mm-hmm. doing that and, on camera? And, and they, they think that he is actually a foreign journalist. Right. They do not know that he is a comedian portraying... How do people not know by now? Yeah, that's something I wonder. Well, like, the, the, how long does the, a, a gag like this work? This well, was filmed like a year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, it works. Still, it's like Tom Green. It works the first season yeah. when yeah. they film it before it gets huge. I, he won't well, be able to do that's this one again. Well, well, no. The LAG show... You know, it was big in in London for a couple of years, and that's like, well, you can't fool people anymore. Everyone knows who you are. He he hosted the MTV Europe uh, Music Video Awards as Borat like a year ago. Like he's way bigger overseas than he is in America. Can you do the impression again? It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> can you? Um, can he ask for a beverage? <laughs> can I get a refill? <laughs> <laughs> and ironically, when you come home from seeing this movie, you will also be in the Christmas spirit and want to decorate. So <laughs> yeah. it's weird how that happens. I don't know. That's what I've read. All right. Coming out in stores on Tuesday, November 7th, we have Foo Fighters with Skin and Bones. I didn't know they're still making music. Me either. Yeah, their last Foo album was. will always make music. The, the last album was pretty good. Aren't they yeah. at the level of like playing state fairs and stuff now? What? <laughs> I don't Foo Fighters? Yeah. No way. Stadium tours. Didn't Dave yeah, Grohl do a, like a solo thing? That, uh, like, Skin and Bones is actually like an acoustic. Uh, a compilation of acoustic songs from live shows that's pretty much just Dave Grohl. Lincoln Brewster's coming out with Let the Praises Ring on Vertical. Owen is coming out with At Home with Owen on Polyvinyl. Further Seems Forever is uh, releasing The Final Curtain on Razor and Tie. And Kirk Franklin is coming out with Songs for the Storm Volume 1. Is is this the one, the, the, the single that's played on Urban Radio right now? Is this maybe it's off of this album? It's in heavy, heavy rotation on the hip-hop station here in Orlando. So, Hmm. Anyway. All right. Well, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Coming up next, Slices. You're listening to The Kooks. The song is Ooh La. Uh, it's playing right now on Relevant TV. And the song you heard at the beginning of the podcast was Beck with Nausea, which is the featured video this week over at Relevant.tv. If you don't know, we record the podcast on Wednesdays and Thursdays to have it out on Friday. However, this morning, uh, Friday, November 3rd, we're actually recording this segment of Slices to replace what we had previously done. Uh, Some news emerged in the last 24 hours that we felt we needed to bring to your attention. Pastor Ted Haggard, who's pastor of the New Life Church in Colorado Springs, uh, which has 14,000 members, and also he's the president of the NAE, which is the National Association of Evangelicals, which has 30 million members, Um, he has stepped down from both positions. Um, It's a temporarily, temporarily stepping down. The reason, and I apologize, this is a little blunt, but uh, accusations emerged in the last uh, couple of days that uh, Pastor Taggart had had sex with a male prostitute 
over the last three years and also used drugs. Last night, Thursday, uh, November 2nd, um, the acting senior pastor of New Life, Ross Parsley, addressed uh, the situation and uh, said, I just know that there has been some admission of indiscretion, not admission to all of the material that has been discussed, but there is an admission of some guilt. This is a significant uh, event for a number of reasons. One, we have a relationship with Pastor Haggard. Um, New Life Church has a massive uh, ministry for 20-somethings, college students. Um, It's a very influential church. They put on the Desperation Conference each year, which they advertise in our magazine. And he's a family friend. And I talked to my dad this morning, and he said, you know, it's such a shock, you know, if you were to ask me to list a thousand ministers that you thought something like this might happen to, Ted Haggard wouldn't even be on the list. Ted Haggard is incredibly well-respected, not only inside the religious community, but also outside the religious community. He's one of our most well-spoken representatives. And, you know, something like this can be seen as a um, a pretty major scandal, almost at the level of what we saw in the late 80s with the televangelists. Mm-hmm. The reason why we're addressing it is I want to make sure that, you know, we keep a right perspective on things. First of all, Ted Haggard is a human being. He's going through something right now that we can't imagine, and we need to keep him in prayer. Right. We need to keep his church family in prayer and his family in prayer. You know, a lot of times these pastors and, you know, spiritual leaders are put in a position uh, where they are being spiritually attacked. I mean, that's just the reality of it. We as Christians believe in spiritual warfare. Satan goes after us, and he wants to exploit our weaknesses. And more so for people who are in elevated positions of authority, I believe, spiritual mm-hmm. authority. You know, you have to think of Ted Haggard here as as a man, as a, as a person, just like the rest of us. And we all have weaknesses in our lives, whether it's uh, critical spirit or pride or gluttony or sexual sins or whatever. And, you know, the fact that your life is then put in the spotlight, you are responsible for leading so many other people. You know, you come to a place of isolation and of pressure, and sometimes you actually just crack you know, a lot of times you'll see people um, have midlife crises. You know, they'll leave their wives or they'll just leave their jobs and they just move to the islands and, you know, paint ships for the rest of their life. You know, they just crack something. They can't handle it. They leave. A lot of times you see these pastors have a moral crack, a moral breakdown, not a nervous breakdown, but you'll see it happen in a moral way. You hear that about pastors. They, they just, after 25 years, leave their wives and run off with their secretary. Or you'll see them, you know, just other things will emerge. And, you know, that's Satan's handiwork at, at its best right there, where he just goes after the head of a body to, you know, to kind of disillusion and break down uh, the church dynamic and, and kind of negatively impact the, the lives that that pastor was leading. You know, the thing that we have to remember here is to keep Ted Haggard in prayer. You know, you have to think that for the last three years, he has been bound by sin. We don't know how much sin. We don't. It doesn't really even matter. Uh, they've confirmed that there's some truth, some truth to some of the allegations, and that's enough for me. You know, the man was not perfect. He's admitted to this. He's some some of it, and he stepped down, and he's going through beginning the process of healing in his own life right now. And and I need to. We need to support him in that. You know, but for the last three years, he's been bound. 
And where could he turn for help? He couldn't. He's trapped. And you have to feel that in some way, today he's feeling free for the first time in, in years. You know, that truth sets you free and that he can finally openly get restored and healed in his own life and his family can start the process of healing now. So in that sense, as for Ted Haggard, the man, this might be one of the best things that ever happened to him, you know, yeah. personally. Now, obviously, it's bad for the ministry and the people that it affects, and, and they are hurting right now. And we need to keep them in prayer as well. But the last thing we need to do is, is jump on the bandwagon of sensationalism, trying to find out all the, you know, the gory details of this. We need to be aware how this looks to the world, looking at the church, saying, oh, yeah, all those Christians are just hypocrites. You know, this is, could be a black eye for the church. We need to keep that in prayer, that this can be used for good. God can use this for good. I mean, we may not understand it right now, but God can use this for good. We need to keep that in prayer. We need to also guard our own heart and our own attitude and our own minds and how we respond to this and how we talk about this and that it's, it's an attitude that Jesus would have, an attitude of compassion, an attitude of healing, not an attitude of judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, with great power and great calling comes great responsibility, yes. But, you know, there's a pro- fundamental problem with the American church that we idolize leaders. We put right. them on a massive pedestal that is basically a standard that's impossible to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm not condoning that our leaders should be able to have sin in their lives and we should be okay with that. I'm not saying that. But we need to be very careful, careful about this megachurch personality-driven American Christianity that has emerged because when we start following the personalities and not following Jesus, you know, something like this could lead a lot of people astray. But maybe our generation can be used as instruments of change that we can start helping bring the focus back to Jesus and not so much on the personalities of pastors. I went to a church in college that was a cult of personality. It was a boom church. Everybody wanted to be there. It was the place to be. It was amazing. It was packed. It was just exciting. And it was awesome. It was an awesome church. You know, and that pastor ended up, a, a kind of scandal happened there where he had an affair with the church secretary and um, ended up leaving the, the, the church. And it was difficult for thousands and thousands of us that were kind of affected by that. Now, the Lord has done a restoring and healing work in that pastor's life, and he's actually in ministry now. But I guarantee you, he's a different man, and his ministry is very different than it was before. And the, the thing that we have to remember here is that we need to be careful that we are that we don't get fall fallen into the trap of like, you know, oh, this person's perfect and everything. You know, that we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And moreover, I think that there's there can be a tendency towards cynicism too. That you know, there's almost this mindset that we we like to see people leveled. You know, like we like to see people brought down, and and it's it's really wrong when you look at just the the idea that. Um, taking joy in someone else's suffering, or uh, even having feeling vindicated, or feeling like, "Oh, I knew it." You know, uh, one thing to remember is that you know any of us are, are subject to fall into sin. You know, we what? don't know what it's like to be in that kind of position, right. to be put in that that kind of pressure put on you, and. You know, the Bible tells us we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. Right. And ultimately, how are we bearing one another's burdens when we when we glory or feel vindicated in someone else's downfall? No matter how you have ever felt about Ted Haggard one way or the other before this incident, he's a brother in Christ. 
Right. And the right thing to do is to restore your brother gently. And beyond that, beyond just being a fellow Christian, he's a fellow person, and just yeah. like just like anybody. And I think one thing that makes this even more tough is it it is there is an an element of the story that is blended with politics, unfortunately. And it's so easy now. It's even, I mean, I can even confess that I'm guilty watching, you know, the, the, the politicians that I like and dislike and uh, the issues that I follow. And I see one and I see a, a politician on the other side, make a mistake or do something and it. And I, and I'm like, ha ha, look, mm-hmm. look at, so look at, uh, you know, look at John Kerry open his big mouth. looks like an <laughs> idiot. You know, it's like, you know, I'm I'm just as susceptible. I mean, it's it's different in a way, but it's the same thing. I'm taking That's joy true. in someone else's folly, right? And maybe it, maybe it is a way different element of circumstance. But why am I taking joy in that? You know, and because of the you know we are it's November, and there are issues going to the ballots that you know this is going to be unfortunately you know something that a lot of people are going to look at it as a political thing. And I think it's a good example for us Christians that we would take such offense that people would use this for their own political gain, but to kind of be a check back to us. And it's like, hey, if mm-hmm. we can come to the defense of this person, we're called to love our enemies too. Mm-hmm. Whether they're political enemies, ideological enemies, it's like whenever someone falls, we should be, you know, we should give them the benefit of the doubt. You know, the the uh, political stuff is already happening. Uh, there are left wing websites that even today, like I'm looking at one right now that said, uh, is this concrete evidence that God has now forsaken the Republicans? You know, because he was an outspoken mm. person on the right, you know, more conservative side. And he said, how does this bear on James Wilcott's theory that, quote, all Republican political figures are gay, especially the men? One thing's for sure, there's nothing more entertaining than watching one after another of America's self-appointed moral scolds being exposed as hypocrites. See, this is not just a political thing. This is, I mean, this is getting into spiritual territory, you know what I mean? Yeah. My heart's broken for Ted Haggard. My heart's broken for him. I can't imagine what he's been going through for three years, you know, and, and my heart's broken for his family and for his church, you know, and, and then I'm challenged to think, well, how does this affect my life? How does this affect how I view the world? How does this affect my actions, my thought, my heart, my focus? It calls into accountability the critical nature that our generation has, like like we've been talking about, reveling in each other's downfalls. What would Jesus do in this situation? You know what I mean? He would reach out to Ted. He would have compassion yeah. for Ted. Likewise, anybody who's caught up in yeah. something like this, you know? You know, there's this is not uncommon you know, we need to we need to realize that our church leadership, that our pastors are under attack. We need to realize this. Just because Ted was more national in prominence, this happens on the local level every day. We need to pray for our pastors. We need to surround them with uh, support and accountability and prayer. We need, as we step into leadership, need to not isolate ourselves, but serve in community, serve together. Uh, the way the Bible kind of, the model the Bible kind of talked about, you know. And, and when one of our brothers falls, we, we are there to catch them, you know? But even if that happens, we're still moving forward. We're still following Christ. We're still having our focus on Him and Him alone. And that this doesn't derail us. This doesn't, you know, change that life focus for us. We're not trying to give anyone a free pass here or anything like that. But there's, there's a distinction to be made between being a bad person and making bad decisions. Each of us 
has sin in our life. Yeah. We are fallen human beings saved by the grace of God, yeah. you know. And the fact is, is God is not a respecter of persons. No sin is greater than another sin or less than another sin. This sin in his life is no worse in the eternal perspective than a sin of lying or cheating or stealing yeah. or whatever. The only difference is that his is more public. You know, but this is a wake-up call for us in my life, in my heart, and say, like, if everything in my life was on a giant screen for the world to see, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I'm just saying... We need to keep that perspective in this. And it, yeah, it's not a free pass, but we need to remember how Jesus handled sinners. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, you think of David in the Bible. I mean, this story gets played out again and again. And, you know, David was a man after God's own heart. And I, you know, I don't think this, this means Haggard was some big phony. You know, I don't think that when people fall, you have to just think that they were out to, to trick the entire world. People can follow hard after God and still fall. But, God's faithful to restore. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and you know, and just like in the story, David, there are consequences for our actions, and those consequences and repercussions are already taking place. And that, right. but I mean, that doesn't change the fact that we, you know, there's a difference between what consequences have to happen for someone in leadership, but and your personal compassion towards them. It's like when someone makes a mistake, they have to. You know, they have to face the consequences of whatever it is. I'm not saying, you know, we don't know exactly, but we, you know, they've brought in, at this point, they've brought in a private inquiry of leadership to look at the situation. And, and, uh, and to determine, should he be removed from his position, you know, vindicated or restored to his position? Or, should, you know, the pastors are coming in to figure out how this process should be handled for the church. Right. So, you know, the accountability is there in this situation. Yeah, and, and you know, it, it seems like it's being handled with integrity and, you know, even going public the day after. And But, you know, it's aside from the, obviously, the obvious consequences and repercussions for any actions that we do, you know, there should be a person personal compassion for a fellow, you know, like I said, a fellow human, not, not even, and he's a, he's a Christian, that, you know, that, that has dedicated a lot of his life to building up others. It's like, you know, aside from whatever happens logistically, it's still another person, you know. To, to go off what Kara said about David, David was restored. David was healed, mm-hmm. you know. And and I believe Ted will be as well. I believe Ted is a man after God's own heart. I believe that he's a man who loves God. And I don't believe that this negates the ministry that he has had over the last 20, 30 years, the lives that have been touched, and, and uh, the people who are now following God because of this man's ministry. This this is something where he he made a very poor decision because of extreme circumstances that none of us have experienced. And we need to just keep that in mind pray for him, pray for the church, have compassion, and uh, just make it personal in the sense of how is this going to affect our lives moving forward. It's a tough situation. We are not at Relevant going to sensationalize it, like I said. You know, we will report it transparently as it's needed. You can um, keep watching RelevantMagazine.com for any um, pertinent news in that area, but we are not going to be turning this into a tabloid situation, just like we don't with other pastor or church scandals. We just felt that this one hit close enough to home that we needed to bring it up. This one this one this one cuts a little deeper for us. So we wanted to uh to uh, make mention of it and let you know kind of our perspective on on the situation. 
um, so you don't have to get everything through other news outlets. All right. Well, on that note, we will resume our regularly scheduled podcast. (laughs) All right. Well, after the break, it's a pretty big shift of gears. We have the uh, debut contestant version of Versus coming up and also then at the end of the podcast, your feedback. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, last week you heard the debut of Versus, spelled V-E-R-S-U-S. That's right. Just in case anybody forgot since the beginning of the podcast. Uh, Versus, you know, the, the trivia competition between the podcast crew and any and all takers. And last week, to show you how it's played, we just grabbed somebody from the office to play. Of course, the podcast crew won. Easily. And now, after being bombarded with entry emails... We have uh, randomly selected a contestant. Now, I do have to say um, this individual was not the first person we called. We actually called uh, four different people before getting this person to actually answer his phone. We left some nasty messages for a couple people, letting them know that because they didn't participate, they are then by default losers. Yeah, and and, you know, it's really part of the game. You have to be ready at any given time. Yeah, you you have to be ready. You see 407 pop up. You answer that call. That's does, all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're in the middle of a night's sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So the guy that we called, his name is Kylie McDaniel, and uh, he's a college student. Turns out he's um, about 30 minutes away from us. Yep. He's a college student here in Florida. We called him earlier today, and we recorded you know, his, his part of the game, and, and then after we play his round for you. We will call the studio crew back in and we will then play with Kara. Kara will go head to head with him. So uh, what we'll do right now is play for you Kylie McDaniel competing on Versus. Are you able to play a game of Versus right this second? Uh, I'm actually sitting in a class that's about to start. I can run outside real quick. You need to do it. It's now or never. Yep. All right, I'll step outside. Hold on a second. What class is it? Uh, it's quantitative methods. That, that class won't help you at all with the quiz questions. Don't worry. We have no quantitative analysis questions. So is, that that class right, won't well, help you in well, life. Okay, let me step outside. Kylie, what, what school do you go to? Uh, UCF. Oh, well, you're cool. in you're in Florida, huh? In Orlando. Yeah, indeed, I am. Trust me, the UCF degree is not going to do a whole lot for you. <laughs> Yeah, I've been hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have 90 seconds. All right, so you're on the clock. Here's the first question. Senator John Kerry sparked controversy this week over his comments to college students that they need to get educated or they'll be, quote, stuck in what country? Iraq. John Wesley is commonly credited with founding this denomination. Uh, Wesleyan. On Seinfeld, what was the name of Kramer's business that, that allowed him to hire an intern from NYU? Oh, man, I should know Seinfeld. Uh, pass. Who committed the first murder in the Bible? Uh, Cain. What author currently has the number one selling book in America? Uh, Bob Woodward. Finish this quote from Braveheart. Every man dies, not every man really blank. What? What year did the Berlin Wall come down? Oh, wow. All I can remember is Hasselhoff was there. That's pretty... Disturbing. Uh, 30 seconds. 89. How old was Jesus when he performed his first miracle? 
12. What was the first cover story of Relevant Magazine about? Uh, 10 seconds. I don't have the first one. Uh, Martin Luther King. Okay, last question. Who is on the Who is on the current cover of Relevant Magazine? Oh, man, I don't have that one. I just... <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> the, our first cover story was on Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement in Europe, and the current cover is Muse. I, I don't know. I think the, the relevant one, though, the, the way the question is, what was the first cover story of Relevant about? And actually, he said Martin Luther King. Yeah, do you know about this? Like, in 1972, there was a Black Power magazine called Relevant, and their inaugural cover was on Martin Luther King. I actually remember that. I think subconsciously, I was, I was thinking about a Black Power kind of thing. All right. We'll, we'll give, give it, it to you. you. Yeah. We'll give it to you. All right. So that was Kylie McDaniel. And uh, now we are welcoming back in Adam and Kara. Um, there's no reason that Adam left. But uh, Kara has not heard the questions, and she's ready to go. And we're off. Question one. Senator John Kerry sparked controversy this week over his comments to college students that they need to get educated or they'll be, quote, stuck in what country? Iraq. John Wesley is commonly credited with founding this denomination. Methodism. On Seinfeld, what is the name of Kramer's business that allowed him to hire an intern from NYU? Um, the Kentucky Fried Chicken one. I don't remember. Who committed the first murder in the Bible? Um, Cain. What author currently has a number one selling book in America? Uh, Rick Warren? Joel Osteen. Can I have two answers? Finish this quote from Braveheart. Every man dies, not every man really blank. Mm, I don't remember. What year did the Berlin Wall come down? Ooh, golly. 87? How old was Jesus when he f performed his first miracle? 30. What was the first cover story of Relevant about? Uh, Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement. Who is on the cover of the current Relevant? November, December, that would be Muse. All right, we're done. I phoned in the last two questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I got through them all? Did the other guy get That's through them all? Ten. Yes, he did. Um, barely. You got six. Oh, oh wow. Barely. Six out of ten. We maintain our unbeaten streak. The ones you missed, it's Kramerica Industries. Oh. And bonus, cycle. the intern's name was Darren. Oh, Ooh. yes, nice. Uh, the number one selling author right now is Barack Obama. Thought you would get that one. Well, say say the question again. You said Christian author. What author currently has a number one selling book in America? Oh, for, man, Barack should have known that one. Is the correct mm -hmm. answer? Uh, the quote from Braveheart is: "Every man dies, not every man really lives." That was too obvious. What year did the Berlin Wall come down? Nineteen eighty nine. Ah, so close. Um, and the answer that I have for the first cover story relevant is, and I quote. Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement. Wow. Your answer was Pete Gregg and the 24-7 prayer movement. All right. Um, he answered, and, and Jesse gave it to him on a judge's, judge's decision. He answered Martin Luther King Jr. I think that's fair. That oh, that, that's, that's totally good. Fair. It is fair. That's good. And Jesse gave it to him on a judge's decision. But we don't know that that was, was that their premiere? It was. It was. Okay. Their premier, their premier and final issue. That's it? like I bonus points. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so he got five, including that one. He did not know muse so there you that go that was so close yet again um and we even had a special prize pack arranged for him he wanted a prize pack but he really won the crowder book so we told him if he won we would actually throw that into the prize pack so that's gonna be that's gonna randomly into someone else's prize pack so now uh, a prize pack and a david crowder book is rolling over into next week yeah. and the, and the person you're going up against next week is jesse 
And so. you're going to have a lot of disappointed little kids out there next week, too. That's right. It's gonna roll over. I just don't I see I think anyone. it was a tie because I had an advantage on that last one. So it, I think it, you should what, still get it. I don't think so. I don't think so. Advantage. If, if, they're if a relevant he doesn't know reader, the current issue yeah. of relevant, he's a moocher. <laughs> no, no, he said his quote was, "I haven't got it yet." But we we talked about it last week, if, if and you, he clearly listened last week, yeah, right? Because that's my point. Yeah, can we send him a consolation point? prize? No, no, no. <laughs> you can't molly coddle nice. the boy. You're, you're too gracious. <laughs> he needs to learn the hard way. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, I wouldn't be opposed because he was the first. Like, no, 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 no. I'm no. not saying prize. Can we I'm send saying, him a trick? <laughs> I'm saying because he was the first ever contestant that we should have him again down the road. Look, the school of hard knocks is going to teach this kid more than UCF ever does. So <laughs> true. We need, he yeah. needs to learn the, his lesson. The reason why I asked the Muse one is because this thing premiered last week's and uh, last week's mm-hmm. podcast, which he had to have heard to write in to want to be a contestant. Oh, yeah. That's true. So did he skip through? The co- I, even if he skipped through the new issue thing, the very first thing we said was Muse. Muse. Yeah. yeah, we've we've proven today that this isn't going to be a cakewalk. And, and you got to know your Bible. You got to know your current events. You got to know your church history a little bit. You got to know your your entertainment. You got to know your TV. And you're movies you're and naming music. things that I think I'm an expert in all around. So. I feel bad for you know yeah. we got to get I'm just telling you he's already I don't want to I don't want to just embarrass whoever I'm playing you know just so I'm warning just has been missing is this swagger I'm, I'm warning whoever writes in this week that wants to play me that you know be weary because wary <laughs> Let's vocab, hope it doesn't vote down to vocab. Yeah, words. vocab isn't isn't part of it, right? <laughs> it will be. <laughs> you see, here's the difference between me and you. You talk smack before. Yeah, and, and, our, and have the potential of being embarrassed after. I only talk smack after the outcome is determined. You know what I mean? I'm a bad winner, but I'm going to be gracious before and during the game. <laughs> not know? me. Not me. It's all part of my... Because like, I, I don't want to be embarrassed. Psych- I don't want to come back at me. No, with me, the game's over before it started. I psychologically, I've beaten whoever I'm playing. Like, they are so intimidating. Weary. Even if, <laughs> even if, apply. Even if they know the answer to the question, they'll be so intimidated just by my, you know, the verbal taunting they receive that, you know. Uh, for all the listeners, next week will be all vocab. <laughs> we'll be having a spelling, spelling bee. <laughs> Maybe that will be one of the questions. A spelling question. Spell wary. W-E-A-R-Y is not correct. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that'll do it for Versus. Tune in next week. Uh, write us. If you want to be a contestant on Versus, you can write us at editorial at relevantmagazine.com. You need to put in there that you want to be a contestant on Versus, thereby that's your waiver saying that we're going to put you on the air. And you need to give us a phone number where we, where we can reach you at any time because if we have to get a voicemail, we will leave a nasty message. Yeah, that's right. Basically, if you answer your phone, you got to go. I don't care where you are. We may even call Sunday morning. <laughs> probably will and it's probably that's a that's a gut check right there are you in church you know and we're not even gonna quiz you we're it's just calling yeah if we call you on Sunday morning it's not to do a quiz it's 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 yeah, where if, it's accountability if we call you and wake you up then there's problems yeah. okay
listening to The Deers. The song is White's Only Party. White's Only Party, um, the lead singer of The Deers is a black man, so it's not like yeah. white so guys. So it's okay. It's not like white guys yeah. singing about a white's only the, party. And the video is is really cool, too. It kind of looks at this, the history of race relations in America in you know kind of a stylized, provocative way. It's a real upbeat party jam. Fun for the whole family. <laughs> Yes, any song looking at the history of race relations in America just screams good time to me. <laughs> Only Outkast could do that. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You big out Outkast fan? Yes. <laughs> that was so believable. <laughs> so last week we had a bunch of contests, a bunch of stuff for you to do, and we this is the segment where we tell you about that. Uh, one of the things was. In light of Marie Antoinette, we asked you what other historical figure needs to have a movie made about their life, and not only that and why, but you know some people took the challenge of making a movie poster for that movie. Uh, so that was one. And then we also asked you to do a candy collage, which absolutely nobody did. One person oh. did yesterday. Winner oh, by so default. Win. win by default. See, yep. here's it was the thing. Irrelevant flame. Pe- people, here's the thing that you got to think through strategically. To win prizes, <laughs> you don't go after the lottery where there's billions of people con- mm-hmm. competing against you. You go after the the contest that nobody else wants to yeah. do, <laughs> and you have a good shot at winning. Because uh, you know, I saw a handful of jack o' lanterns, and I saw some uh, movie posters. Yeah, movie as well. posters. They're jack o' lanterns. Yeah. People like it. It was a popular quiz. I knew. I knew that the Candy collage was going to be the one that not not so many people. It was my pushed. favorite. Thanks to the guy who did, you win. That's right. Yeah. See, it's a life lesson we just taught you, folks. Go after the low hanging fruit and pick that. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I think people are wanting to eat their candy instead of make a collage. But the guy who actually did the collage, um, he actually had candy wrappers mixed with candy. So I think he was eating part of it as he. <laughs> he got really it. hungry. The candy collage was sent in by Brandon Telg. And it's a picture that we will post over at the podcast page. Uh, he made the relevant flame out of a lot of candies and half-eaten candy wrappers. Yes. <laughs> no. Half-eaten candy wrappers? Yes, it's disturbing. <laughs> um, he, he would prefer the tooth and nail package. Uh, so okay. that's what he gets. That's what you get. Okay. Let me write that down. So Brandon Telg, you are the one and only entrant and winner of the Candy Collage Contest. Uh, the movie poster and movie contest. That's what we'll read you now. Some of the entries and suggestions for that. Yeah. Okay. And, and we will post these posters over at the podcast stuff page at rollamagazine.com. I'm going to call someone out here right off the bat. Robbie Wenderborn. The reason I'm reading yours is because it was a personal affront to all of us. He prefaced his email with, you probably won't read this because you can't say or read the names. Okay. And his movie proposal is... Chiang Kai-shek versus Mao Zedong. Yes, we can. Okay? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> um, they were the leaders of China after the fall of the Qing dynasty. Chiang was a democratic leader. Mao was a communist. And the Civil War lasted until after World War II. Jet Li would play Mao, and Ken Watanabe would play Chiang. Sounds like a snooze to Once me. again, <laughs> Chiang Kai-shek and Mao Zedong. <laughs> Kevin Cheen said, a few years ago, I heard about a story, um, a supposed assassination attempt ordered by Soviet leader Joseph Stalin on John Wayne. I thought it would make a fantastic film. So I actually started writing a rough treatment for a script centering around the assassins. Unfortunately, my computer crashed and I lost it. Damon C. Swell said that. <laughs> C. Swell? Like a C- C- No, no. Like C- a C- sea cow? No, no. It's Damon C. Period. 
and then sea well. Oh, I thought you said like sea swell, like a like a wave. No, or like sea. he sea swells on the seashore. But he he put his name Damon C Sea Well. Damon C Sea Well. Um, he's from Gulfport, Mississippi. He wrote in and said hey, they that they had a hurricane there. He did. They they had a sea swell. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. If you live in the hur- hurricane hurricane ravage Gulf Coast, I do apologize. <laughs> well, Dale, I apologize to you and your family. <laughs> In advance. And your neighbors. Jesse will make be making a sizable contribution to hurricane relief in your name. Yeah. Dale, Nazi swell. Okay. Someone said um, Adolf Hitler. Yeah, I got that. Um, I would like to see a biopic about Adolf Hitler and what his life was really like growing up and during his time of power. Did someone mention Martin Luther King Jr.? Yes. Has, has there not been a film made on no. that? That's TV shocking. Movie. It's uh, someone named Pyra wrote in and said that Malcolm X has been done. The last king of Co- Scotland is being done. Why has anyone done anything about Martin Luther King Jr. yet? But and they suggested, what about William Wilberforce? Honestly, I, I think because he isn't as controversial on the surface as Malcolm X as Malcolm X and stuff right yeah it's not much but I I think you really could find a very dramatic storyline in there for two hours oh certainly yeah and what about William Wilberforce is he already having a movie he's got a movie coming out called uh, Amazing Amazing Grace Grace, starring Yon Gruffith but William Wilberforce when did he die when did he die 1859 you know that that but you don't know when the Berlin Wall came down (laughs) no I have no idea oh and you don't know in the Berlin Wall. Because Martin Luther King, <laughs> King Jr. is a historical figure, uh, but he he was within dead. this generation. You know what I mean? Like He's he, dead. So someone has to be dead, is what we're saying. Is Marie Antoinette dead? <laughs> um, we based it on Marie Antoinette. If she's not, she's probably not in good health. What about... <laughs> <laughs> it's, she's it's very, very close to death. through being decapitated. <laughs> so... If she's just hanging in there, if she's still alive. <laughs> well, chickens, you know, can live for hundreds, hundreds of years of after years. their heads This is cut This off. is a, a weird rabbit trail, but I actually was reading... We're some talking about chickens. Rabbits. Not rabbits. <laughs> it's kind of a bizarre chicken path. Um, <laughs> like, like if your chicken with the head cut off, it'd yeah. be all over the place. All over. Yeah. And, that, and that's where this is going. Um, because I, I actually read something about a... Back when they were beheading people, and that was like the common thing, there was some... Sci- it was common. All too common. In 1859. <laughs> they had some scientist that was apparently... In 1989. Sentenced to <laughs> decapitation by the guillotine. And he had his assistant. He, he was allowed to have someone go up to the... By the what? His assistant? No, the... Guillotine? Guillotine. Guillotine? Anyway. I had French I've heard a lot of people call it guillotine. We need to set the record straight right now. Yeah, I would say guillotine. Okay. It is guillotine. Okay, so he goes... He, get, he goes By to... By the McGillicuddy. He sends to the guillotine, and... It should be called a McGillicuddy, because it cuts. The guillicuddy. Maybe that's French for McGillicuddy. <laughs> that's what it is. Guillotine is French for McGillicuddy. Yeah. So call it a, we're in America, buddy. Okay. You call it a so McGillicuddy. So he gets sentenced to have his head lopped off by the McGillicuddy. And <laughs> he he tells his assistant he, to watch his head because... This I, I don't a remember. It I've could, heard this story, and, and the scientist tells his assistant, "Like this is a good movie, um, you know, they believe that uh, the head could be alive for like ten seconds, and 
he said that, watch my face because I'm going to blink at you a certain amount of times, and that, that way you'll know. Because he can't talk. He's got a voice box lopped off by the McGillicuddy. <laughs> and, and his this lungs. This is awful. Yeah. And so anyway, he blinked. He did it. He blinked the, at the, the guy. standard number of times. Yeah. yeah. So no. they they oh, well, the I mean, theory has it still... that there's still blood in your head for like ten for I don't know what the period of time uh, is but I think it'd be longer than that. Okay. See that's what my biopic would be about. All right, the scientist in question is uh, named Lavoisier, spelled like Cavassier with an L. <laughs> so I'm assuming it's Lavoisier. Anyway, the story is discounted. Only in the fact that it says there's no mention of the blinking incident in the standard biographies of Lavoisier. Hmm. Um, but it is a persistent story, and it does get a mention in the Wikipedia entry about Lavoisier. Well, that's Wikipedia says it's true. Uh, this person posts, whether or not a severed head can retain consciousness, the story about Lavoisier must be false. He was one of 28 people who were executed at that time, and the efficient executioner and his team took 35 minutes to do all of them. There would have been no time to perform any such observations, and the only people who would have been in a position to do the observation would have been the executioners. If there was ever a a chicken trail that we ran down, this is it because it was everywhere. <laughs> Beheaded chicken. We trail. we ended up on Wikipedia. A chicken trail is a straight line. They're yeah. determined. We a beheaded chicken trail. Yeah, I realized Food. that it should have been moral compass <laughs> instead of barometer. I like barometer. <laughs> <laughs> so I knew something wasn't quite right about that. I like barometer. I think that we've coined a new phrase with that. So did we pick winners? Did we, we did. pick a winner yes. of this Halloween movie thing? The winner we decide on for the movie would be the John Brown movie that was sent to us by Ian Butler, John Brown, the abolitionist. And if you'll remember, he said that uh, that Sam Elliott, big old husky-voiced Sam Elliott, would play John Brown. Uh, Scarlett Johansson would be in there, Morgan Freeman, Tom Selleck playing an evil lawman, and Giovanni Ribisi. And Mel Gibson would direct the film, but with <laughs> a question about by Diane Sawyer, would appear visibly infuriated. What's the the guy who did the John Brown poster? What's his name? His name is Ian Butler. Tell him what he's won, Adam. All right, Ian, you will be the proud recipient of the Social Justice Pack. We figure that uh, John Brown was a pioneer of social justice, so you deserve the social justice pack in the spirit of John Brown. So in included in the social justice prize pack, you've got the New Rebellion Handbook, Nomad, the Sarah Groves uh, Just Showed Up For My Own Life DVD. It's good stuff there. A uh, book called Start Here by Don Williams, Simple Church, which is Returning to God's Process for Making Disciples by... Tom Rainer and Eric Geiger. Everybody Wants to Change the World by uh, Tony Campalo and uh, Gordon Eichelman. The Revolution, which is one of our relevant books, edited by Heather Zydek. And Hope in the Dark, our coffee table book, Pictures from Africa, and some commentary on those pictures. It's I think pretty the, fantastic. The retail value of that would be pushing 100 bucks. It's uh, the, the suggested retail value of these goods and services is $175. Well, now, now, what's the service that you get? The service is... <laughs> Hostage. The hand-picking the hand right. of them? Shipping and handling, hand-picking. <laughs> yeah. Now, the suggested retail sentimental value of these items is $5,000. Okay, so <laughs> if you take these to a pawn shop or anything like that, don't settle for less than $5,000. 
$5,175. Um, to be exact. Well, the, the winner of the Candy Collage is receiving the Tooth and Nail Pack, which this has uh, got a lot of good stuff. First off, put them in the spirit of Christmas. We got the Happy Christmas Tooth and Nail CD. The CD has uh, songs by Switchfoot, Emery. Stick It Was Not That Bad. Copeland, uh, Spoke in the Fold, and lots of other good John Davis. Also, in the Tooth and Nail Prize Pack, we got two CDs from Hawk Nelson, two different CDs. Uh, one from Manifest, the BEC artist, Seven Places. Also, we got the new one from Spoken, which is really good. Also, the Nail Volume 3 DVD. Uh, this has like 15 videos on it. Um, also, Supertones Praise, Faith of a Child CD from BEC, which is cool if you're an old school Tooth and Nail fan. And finally, Thousand Foot Crutch and... 2,000-foot crutch CDs, different ones. There's a and called 2,000-foot crutch? <laughs> I was going to say. It seems like a blatant yeah. ripoff. 1,000-foot yeah. <laughs> crutch, and they just signed 2,000-foot yeah. crutch. <laughs> They're at least twice as good as 1,000-foot crutch. As well as the new Showbread album. So that's substantial. I don't even know We're signing much. a couple of those, aren't we? We're breaking them open and signing yeah, we're gonna them. That's right. We are going to reduce the value of your product. The retail yeah. value, but we've increased the sentimental value. That's true. And so it all balances yeah. out. Okay, we have a pumpkin carving contest winner. And again, yes, you can do. see all these photos over at the podcast stuff page at Relevant Magazine. That's right. We want, we want to uh, recognize Charlie Tad for his entry. It's, it is an, a stark likeness of Steve yeah. Irwin. An homage. We're going to send them the Serenity Now pack. That's right. So we have a couple of choral CDs, a Gregorian chant CD. We have um, a CD from Songs from the Voice. That's the new Bible paraphrase. Um, we have the turning. It's good worshipy. Um, yeah. Also, worship is tree sixty three, uh, worship volume one. And then the books we have are um, life beneath the surface, a Mike Pilavachi book co-written with Craig Borlase, who you've seen in the magazine. We have learning to pray through the Psalms, which has been endorsed by Eugene Peterson. Sacred rhythms. God is here by Steve Case, and a grandmotherly looking book by Beth Moore. <laughs> Called things pondered. <laughs> your your serenity now price pack total retail value is over one hundred seventy five dollars. Okay, so that's that's the prizes and the winners. Congrats to everybody. Like I said, you can go over to the podcast stuff page at relevantmagazine and check that out. Also, you can talk about it. Uh, your you know, do you agree? Do you disagree on the winners? Um, nominate other winners and all that kind of stuff over at the podcast fodder section at the relevantmagazine.com message boards. One of the things we haven't mentioned is actually. Uh, in the last month, we've gotten new message boards over there, and uh, there's a lot of new little doodads to check out. So swing on by. Send us spiffy. They are spiffy. The doodads, I like them. Editorial question of the week. All right, well, kind of shifting gears back to uh, earlier part of the podcast, for this week's editorial question of the week, we're wanting to hear from you just kind of your gut-level reaction about the news that we talked about earlier about Ted Haggard. Um, we just want to hear from you. We just see what's on your hearts and your minds about it. You can write us at editorial at relevantmagazine.com or feedback at relevantmagazine.com. All right, well, on that note, we will wrap up this edition of the podcast. Be sure to tune in next week as we have a special guest interview and another edition of Versus. Spell it, Jesse. V E R S E U S. So make sure to tune in for that. Actually, to close the podcast, I'm going to give you a little treat. 
My little brother Chandler is actually in a band, an indie band called Introduction to Sunshine, and uh, they just recorded a demo. So to close the podcast today, I'm going to actually play part of one of the tracks. If you like it, you can check them out on MySpace, and uh, that's just me being a proud big brother, plugging my brother's band. They're called Introduction to Sunshine. Don't forget it. You heard it here first. All right? As always, I'm Cameron String. I'm Kara Davis. <laughs> I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Adam Smith. We'll see you next week.